Welcome back, dear listeners, to another captivating episode of Susan Lopresti Wellness, Mind, Body, and Soul. I'm thrilled to have you join once again. I'm your host, Susan Lopresti, and today we're embarking on a journey that promises to enlighten, inspire, and give hope to any woman or man who have been diagnosed with breast cancer. In this episode, we're delving into one woman's journey through breast cancer and how, with the support and love of her family and her unwavering positive mindset, she conquered and healed and now shares the good that has come from this experience. You will hear from my guest in her own words from her diagnosis on down to how she navigated this experience and conquered it. Not only that, but this experience has also inspired her to help other women who are going through the experience that she did. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be engaged through the next 30 minutes. Allow me to introduce you to Christine Alangi. I know Christine from when we were children back in the old neighborhood in Brooklyn. And fortunately, because of social media, we were able to reconnect and stay connected since about 2009. And recently, I found out that she had breast cancer and she beat it. And so she's here with me today to tell her story. And without further ado, Christine, welcome to my podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here and to inspire other women who may be going through the same experience that you just did. So I want to thank you. I so appreciate you for taking your time out of your busy day to talk to my audience and let them know that there is hope after a diagnosis of breast cancer. Let's begin. Let's start from the beginning. I'm sitting having coffee in the morning with my daughter and I have a habit of sitting like this. I cross my arms because I was always self-conscious because I was always big chest. Right. And I felt a lump. So I'm like, what is this? So she's like, what's the matter? I says, I feel a lump. So she goes, mom, let me feel. And she felt it. So she goes, mom, there's a lump there. I said, okay, calm down, you know. So my OBGYN is up in Orange County, where I used to live. So I placed a call. They said, oh, we'll give you an appointment next week. I said, no. I said, I found a lump in my breast. I want to see him sooner. So this is now 1030 in the morning. She says, could you be here by 145? I said, I'm there. I've known my doctor for almost 30 years. He felt it. He knew. I just thought it was, it could have been a cyst. I never in my wildest dreams would have thought this was a lump, a tumor. He looked at me and he says, oh, I want you to go for a mammogram. I want you to go for a sonogram. So in my mind, I put it, everything is going to happen fast for me. I can't lay down. I'm not going to cry about it. So I come home. I tell my husband, he's all upset. I said, don't be upset. It's going to be fine. We're great. I scheduled one for Monday, a mammogram and a sonogram. He tells me, I think you should see a breast surgeon. He says, you do have a lump. I said, okay. And then what happens is you have to go for a biopsy. I was just like, bam, bam. I wanted this done. I set up the biopsy. I went to NYU. And I have to tell you, I can't stress enough about NYU. They are compassionate. They are, they are so on top of everything. You go there and you feel 
you feel like you've known these people. They make you feel so warm and so accepted. And you're the only person that's going through this. I go for the biopsy and they put that little clip in there. And then they send me now from there, go right into a mammogram to make sure that the clip is where it's supposed to be. This is a Tuesday at this point. And uh, they said, oh, it'll be about five to 10 days. I was like, okay, because I'm still not thinking I have cancer. And she calls me Thursday. And she said, because we, you know, they asked you your history. And I said, no one in my family has ever had breast cancer. And that's probably why I was so adamant. So she calls me up and she says, Christine, your biopsy results came back. And I says, okay, you know, and I'm like, yeah, okay, great. And she said, you know, you said no one in your family has ever had breast cancer. And I was like, yeah. She says, well, it has to start somewhere. And I was just like, really? I says, I have breast cancer? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, what's my next step? She said, you need to get a surgeon, you know, a breast surgeon. So I didn't even ask for a referral. I was just like, okay, fine. I hang up. So I'm thinking, I can't call my husband because he's working. Mm -hmm. So who do I call? Butchie. (laughs) (laughs) Butchie, we always say we're each other's first best friend. Butchie and I are very close. And I call Butchie and and he's crying. And I'm like, please don't cry. I'm not crying. I'm not going to cry over this. I'm just going to deal with it. I'm going forward and I'm doing what I need to do. And so then my husband happened to walk in while I'm on the phone with Butch. I was in my bedroom because I didn't want my daughter to hear. She works from home. And my husband walked in and he just looked at my face and he said, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. He said, what's wrong? I said, I'll talk to you in a minute. So I hung up with Butch. I sit my husband down. I tell him it came back. It's a, it's a lump and it's breast cancer. So he's like, what do we do? I said, nothing. I said, we were supposed to take a ride out east. Let's go out east. I'll call my siblings and let them know what's going on. I said, tonight we'll FaceTime the kids. We'll do it all that same time. And he's like, no, let's stay home. I said, for what? I'm not climbing in bed. I'm not going to cry over this. I'm not climbing in bed and saying, oh, poor me. It's like, why not me? That was my theory. Why not? A lot of people say, why me? No, it was why not? I'm just a normal person like everybody else. Right. And I swear to you, Susan, I was just so... I was so determined that I was going to, I was going to beat it, whatever it was that I didn't have any inkling in my brain that, that, okay, I have breast cancer and I'm going to die. Never came to my mind. That's, that's half the battle, Christine. It really is. You have to have, you really have to have your mental state in check because now you have a very long road ahead of you. So forward, I call my siblings. They were all upset. I was like, look, I'm going to deal with this. I'm the baby. So everybody, of course, wants to baby me. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to get through this. My brother, Philip, who worked for NBC, called Katie Couric because mm-hmm. he's friends with her. And he gets all her doctor's names. Well, a lot of them weren't in my insurance. Plus, they were way uptown. So what I did was I called NYU in Manhattan. And I told her, the woman, I said, look, I don't know where to turn. I don't know any doctor's. Could you help me? She says, I'm going to send you five doctors. And they're on Long Island. She says, and I want you to do research on them. And I says, okay. And I was great. Well, the doctor that she gave me the list, I was already researching doctors. The doctor I decided I was going to go with like 98% wound up being the top of the list that she sent me. So I was like, it's fate. So I, I, I make the appointment. I go see her. And why you again? She says to me, okay, this is the deal. You have 
Mine was estrogen based. So there's like three different types of breast cancer. Mine was invasive ductal yeah. carcinoma. So that meant that it would easily spread to other parts of my body. It was two and a half to almost three millimeters, which is, I would say like the size of a dime, but mm-hmm. what happened, it attached itself to more tissue. So, okay. She I says, okay, what do I do now? She says, you're going to go see a plastic surgeon. I said, I don't know any plastic surgeon. She goes, honey, you're done. You don't do anything. Now we do everything for you. So I said, she, she said to me, I have a doctor I work with. He's amazing. I've worked with him in the past. He does fantastic work. Now I had to decide, do I want a lumpectomy or do I want a mastectomy? They don't make the decision. You make the decision. Oh, okay. And I said to her, well, which way would you go? She said, I can't make that decision. You, you have a choice. And I've known people who've had lumpectomies. And what happens is when you have a big breast and then they're taking out this and then they take more of a margin, then I would be like, my, my breast would be like half. So before I leave, she said, this is the doctor's name. The doctor's name is Tommaso Adano. I looked at the girl when she gave me the card and I said, what's his name? And she said it again. I was like, it's a sign. My grandfather's name was Tommaso. Oh my God. (laughs) Susan, I can't. So I said to the woman, my grandfather was Tommaso and I'd never heard the name before. I just got chills. Believe me, so did I. (laughs) So now they made the appointment for Dr. Adana. So I go to him. I walk in. He's a really, really nice guy. Very confident. And he comes in and he says, okay, I've looked at your chart. He says, you know, you, you have a lump that needs to be removed. And Dr. Ann and I are going to work together. He said, she will remove the tumor. And then I will do what you want me to do. So I was doing research and they said about this deep flap where you can take, they cut you from hip to hip and they take your tissue from your stomach and rebuild your breast. So I've seen that women have had this like immediately, like when they take the lump out. He they said, do it all at the same time, right? He said, no, we don't do that. And yeah. I said, why not? He said, because say if the cancer spread somewhere else, he says, we have to open you up again. And all that tissue we just took out of your stomach is going to be bad. He says, we like to do it in steps. We want to know if you need chemo. We want to know if you need radiation because radiation will destroy the tissue. I would never be able to fix that again. So I tell him, I says, I'm supposed to be here. And he said, good. I'm glad you feel that way. I says, no. I said, you're the only man I've ever heard of with the name Tommaso. And that was my grandfather. I've never met my grandfather. I said, so to me, you were sent to me that I know this is going to work out. He says, not tooting my own horn. He says, but I am very good at what I do. So I was like, perfect. So now this is like mid-October. And then I have to go for MRIs. They thought they saw another spot. They didn't. It wound up I had a a next one. They said, no, there's only one. I said, okay. We scheduled the surgery. They said the day before Thanksgiving is the only opening we have. I says, I'll take it. So I took it. So I did all my pre-testing, all that fun stuff. And then I had to go for a nuclear injection, nuclear medicine injection, right into where the tumor is located, which is right near my nipple. 
So they tell me, you're losing your nipple. I, I don't care. Either way, I was going to lose it. A lumpectomy or a mastectomy. Right. I decide on the mastectomy. I said, take it. I don't need it. You know? And I trusted him. He's going to rebuild me. I went. I had the surgery on the 23rd of November. Susan, I went in at 5.30 in the morning. I was home by 12.30. With Same a mastectomy? Day. With a mastectomy. They send you home the same day these days? Wow. To home. So I come home and I have drains and I'm, my daughters are here. I come mm -hmm. in. I was yellow because of the nuclear medicine. Yeah. They bring me, I come in, I'm sitting on my couch, hanging out with my kids, talking to my kids. I went to the hospital at 5.30. I did my hair. I did my makeup. I put on a really nice outfit. I brought clothes with me to change into. I brought makeup wipes to take off the makeup. Went in with my rings on, my jewelry. They said no jewelry. I took it off before. I had my cross on. I said, I'm going in like myself. I'm going in as Christine. I'm coming out. I'm going to be missing a part of me. So my daughter said, mom, take a picture of your breasts before you, before you go in for the surgery. Just so you know that you saved yourself. You were a warrior. You fought this. You won. And I did. And I took a picture of my breasts, which is crazy, but I did. And I walked in and they were like, what are you here for? And I said, a mastectomy. And they were like, okay. Meanwhile, I had like this, my hair was curled and everything. <laughs> I, I basically, I said, I'm not a victim. I am a survivor. And if I went in with that in my brain that I was going to survive, I knew I would. I love this. This uh, is incredible. So it was like, it was un un unbelievable. So now I came on, my kids like, mom, don't you think you should be laying down? And I had to lay, I had to sleep in a recliner until the drains came out. And then we had a little bit of a problem with the incision. My tissue was dying. So I had to go back in for surgery again. And he repaired it from inside out. Now I have no tissue. I have no muscle. I have nothing. I am like an empty cavity, but I have, they put an expander in because I was going to get the reconstruction. So they have to keep on expanding your breasts. Mm -hmm. So, okay. I was fine with that. I had drains until December 30th. It was wonderful because my kids came to visit my son. I had my children for the holidays. I couldn't do much. I have an amazing family and an amazing team here. They did everything, Susan. Thanksgiving dinner, I was stuffing artichokes. <laughs> the day after my surgery, I was stuffing artichokes and mushrooms. <laughs> and they're like, go to bed. And I'm like, no, it's not. I just couldn't. And I was like, I'm just, I went out to dinner with the drains. They bought me pajamas that have, the pajamas have like pockets in them for the drains. So nobody saw my drains when I went out. Yeah. I had belts. I was living my life. I said, I'm just going to, I just want to be me. Went to the oncologist the end of December and found out that I didn't need chemo. I didn't need radiation. You um, didn't need radiation? Or nothing. I didn't need anything. Wow. Uh, the lymph nodes that they took out, the sentinel lymph nodes, there was a speck in the first one, and it wasn't even enough for them to hit me with radiation or chemo. They said it's, it was the first one, and it's like one, two, three. The third one was completely clear. So it never went beyond that first yeah. lymph node. So all I had to do was go on medication. So I take anastazole, which is, I'll be taking it for 10 years. And I have to go for my mammograms. You know, I have to, the mammogram will be on the right side. 
then okay, I'm doing fine. I'm healing. I'm going to see the plastic surgeon. They start expanding on me now. So they're putting like 60 cc's of oh, they use saline into my breast. And when was it? I was scheduled for surgery in April to take out the expander and put in an implant because the expander can't be in there that long because it won't stretch mm-hmm. to where I need to be. So I couldn't go in April. I wound up getting COVID. Okay. Dealt with it. May I get my surgery? They take out the expander and they put in my implant. He looks at me and he says, you know, he says, after four kids, you've been a little, you're a little saggy there. I'm going to lift the other one just for the hell of it. So he gave me a breast lift on the right side. <laughs> Very nice of him. <laughs> Very nice. So, I mean, the left side, you can tell because of the fact that I don't have any tissue and I don't have any muscle. So basically it's sitting in my back, you know, it's way back. It's nothing. And it has no shape because it's just filling a void. Yeah. But so that was it. Now I'm scheduled again. I'm going in on October 4th, which I hate the fact that it's breast cancer awareness month, Yeah. but I'm going to do the deep flap. I decided to do the deep flap. So they're going to open me up from hip to hip and they're going to rebuild my breasts, both of them to match. So uh-huh. they'll use the issue and that should be my last surgery. So, I mean, it's just, I, I had to just put it in my mind. This was it. I'm, I'm going through with it and I'm going to do it and I'm going to be fine. And I came out really good on the other side. Beautiful, beautiful. So now what made you decide to start this foundation? Obviously it's for women with breast cancer, but what's it all about? Okay. In December, well, I had to go for physical therapy because what happens is you're now I'm off balance. So I have a double D on one side and nothing on the other. So I went for physical therapy and my doctor, I said, what do I do to hide this? You know, not hide it so much is more the fact because my shoulders now are off centered because it's not the counterweight. It's not there. Right. Gave me a prescription. And he said to call this company that they do mastectomy bras and prosthesis. So I called the company and I know that the store is closed. So I'm like, okay. So I call the number. It says to please call the number. I call the number. The woman comes to my house to fit me for the bras and the prosthesis. Everything at my size, she couldn't find my size. She's like, oh, I don't have it. I only have these. The prosthesis I did. So I told her I have a prescription from the doctor. Oh, we don't take prescriptions anymore. This is where it got me. You have to pay up front and then the insurance will reimburse you. So I said to her, okay, wait a minute. What happens if I didn't have $500 to pay for this today? Because the prosthesis is 300 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't know. I went, what do you mean you don't know? So I said, so what about women who don't have insurance or women who have Medicaid or Medicare? I said, what are they allowed? And she says, they were allowed maybe two bras a year. Now, Susan, I don't know about you. I go through bras left and right. Two bras a year is not cutting it for me. So that's where the light bulb went off. And so I paid it. I, so she said, just, you just have to submit to your insurance. And I said, forget it. You know what? Let the insurance give it to somebody else. I can afford the $500. So that was it. I was flabbergasted. And I said, I got to do something. So that's when I decided, because I know what it felt like to put that bra on for the first time with the prosthesis. It, I have to say, 
especially a month after my surgery. It was like, wow, I felt good. Right. I looked in the mirror and I looked good. Yeah. Because we went out to dinner one night when I had the drains in, and my husband, my husband was devastated about it. And he told everybody he knew, like every guy that he worked with and he had all contractors. And we went to dinner and this contractor was there with his wife and another couple. And my husband always shook hands, said, hello, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And I sat down. And then as soon as he came back to the table, the man leaned into the couple and his wife and said, his wife has breast cancer. And they all turned and looked at me. That, I felt very uncomfortable. You know, it was like I went from 10 to zero that I wanted to go to the table. These people are looking at me. And I'm not that kind of person. I'm more confident than that. But they shot me down just by all of them turning and looking at me. I don't want a woman to feel that way. I want women to look in the mirror when they put on their clothes. I want them to feel confident because it is a big part of us. I fed my four children. I mean, this was a lifeline. It wasn't just big boobs and, and a shirt. It was, it was a part of me I've had my whole life that I lost. It was my children's meals. You know, you, you actually sit and think about what they meant to you in your life when you're sitting there and you're thinking about it. After you have the mastectomy and you look down and there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. So all these things were going through my head and I said, I have to do something. So that's when I decided I'm going to open a not-for-profit organization so I can make other women feel as good as I felt that day that I put that bra on. And then I started working on that and we came up with a name and I think tomorrow my website's going up. The name of the company is Beyond Awareness. Mm -hmm. We want to educate we want to navigate and we want to advocate for women and men with breast cancer. Yeah. Because men have breast cancer. It's not talked about. I know. No one talks about what men go through because it's like, you're not a man if you have breast cancer. And that's not true. You lose a part of you, but you know what? You're still here. You're breathing. You get up every morning. You have a life to live. And that's basically is what, my goal was when I first was diagnosed, I want to live. I have five grandchildren. I have four children. I have a daughter who hasn't been married yet. I need to be here, but I need to give back. And it, it's basically paying it forward. My daughter and her husband decided to open up a studio downstairs. And what we're going to do is my daughter says, mom, I want to do headshots of you because you're going to be the face because you've been through this. And a lot of people, when you look up all these breast cancer societies and things like that, a lot of the people that are in it have had breast cancer. But when I looked into them, nobody specifically is out there to help women feel like a woman again. And that's why I decided to do this. So our goal is to collect women who've had breast cancer. And we wanna do a collage of them, that they're all survivors. We're not victims, we're survivors and we're warriors. And that's what my goal is to show that we're warriors and we're out to conquer and to make sure that not only me, but everybody who's going through this or anyone that's going through this is going to feel good about themselves again. Because I actually thought about going for therapy because at night I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd think about it. And of course, all these crazy things go through your mind. And I'm like, you know what? I can go for therapy and what am I going to do? Talk to the person 
I don't think you need therapy, to be honest with you. I don't think so either. No, I mean, the way you came through this, your mindset, Christine, that's everything. It's everything. I, I agree. I really do. And I, you know, like, that's what my daughter said to me. Mom, I can't believe you just plow through this. Like I said, because I knew what I wanted. I knew I wanted to live. I mean, if I had to go for chemo or radiation, I'd still have the same attitude. Attitude is that you have to want it and you have to want it hard and you want it from the depths of inside of you. And that's how I felt about this. And that's why when I decided about doing this organization, it was because of the fact that I was so angry that people are making money off of this. That this woman opened the store and she retired in, in Florida. She abandoned the store, moved to Florida. And I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is pass it along. Find somebody who wants to take over. Sell the business. Yeah. But try to do it remotely. How do you do that? Then you send someone to your home. And why? Because I'm big chested. You don't have anything, no inventory for me. How do you think I felt when you tell me, oh, no, we don't have your size? Okay, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I held up in my bedroom because my daughter's working on the other side of the house and I didn't want to hear her on her phone. It just, you know, so it really it upset me. And I told my doctor, I spoke to my plastic surgeon's office about it, the PAs that work for him. And I told them what happened. My experience, she says, a lot of people have been complaining about her. So when I go see my plastic surgeon in September before my surgery, I'm going to talk to his office to see if maybe they can refer people to me. I wanted to tell you about this week. Monday, uh, my husband called me up, which is very rare. Do you want to have lunch? And I said, yeah, I love having lunch with him. So we go to Glen Cove. We have lunch. I walk into Staples. I said, I need to now get a journal and I need to get an appointment book because now I have to make notes and all this stuff. So I pick up a book and I like the cover of it. I just like browse through the papers. I said, oh, this is perfect. So then he said to me, do me a favor, stop it, our mechanic. And this is not relevant to what I'm going to hit you with. But he says, go talk to the mechanic, see when the car is going to be ready. It's our little, like a little fun car. It's a Mercedes convertible that we mm-hmm. like to go out east with. So I says, okay. So I go see him and I'm like, hi, Joe, blah, blah, blah. We're talking. And I said, Joe, I'm going for surgery in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be on my back for like eight weeks. I really would like to have my car so I can enjoy it for the rest of the summer. Do you think maybe you can work on it? He said, Wednesday and Thursday, Christine, I'll have it up on the lift. I said, thank you. So it was like, okay, I had lunch with my husband. I went to Staples. Joe tells me yes. So now I'm taking the long way home. And there's this really good warehouse. It's, it's all antiques. And I love this warehouse. So I said, I'm going to stop there today. Just felt like browsing. For some reason, I turned down the wrong block. I turned down the wrong block and I said, oh, I'm on the wrong side of the railroad because now it's Glenhead. I look to my right and I see a store that says mastectomy and wigs. And they had the pink ribbon. So I jump out of the car. I park the car, I run over and it's closed Sunday, Monday. And I was like, oh, crap. But there was a woman inside. So I knock on the door and I said, can I talk to you for a minute? And I, she said, yeah. So I said, look, I don't even have my business card yet because I'm waiting for my logo to be done. I explained to her what my plans are. I want to pay you. You give me the clients and I will pay you 
for the bras and the prosthesis and the wigs. So she said, why? I, and I said, because I'm a survivor. I says, and I want to pay it forward. And this is the company I'm opening. So she looked at me and she said, oh. she's like, why? And I said, because it'll make me feel better. I want to go to sleep at night, put my head on my pillow and say, I did something good for the day. You know, you just go out there and you want to do something good for people. So I'm going to work with her. She gave me her brochure. She's going to help me with the people with insurance, without insurance. So I already have a contact. I am so excited. I call my cousin. I call my kids. I'm like thrilled. I told my daughter, get busy on that website. Get busy on my cards. I have to do this. Susan, what I tell you, you get a message from above. I did. I buy this book that I'm going to use as a journal. The, the cover says, the world was hers for the taking. You open it up now. I didn't see this first page because I just fingered through it. I look forward to holding your big plans, important dates, and me time. This is totally your year, and your agenda is ready to cheer you on. Show this year who's boss. I was like, if this is not another message. Message, yes. Nothing is a coincidence in this world. Nothing. I agree with you. And I was just like, I said, this was the end of my perfect day. This is where my journey starts. I love it. And that's why when you reached out to me, I was like, because you reached out to me on Monday and I was like, holy crap, everything is just falling into place. It's just falling into place. We have great ideas to do fundraisers. I'm not doing a walk. My girlfriend, Joan, does a walk in Connecticut. I send her money every year. I was supposed to do the walk this year, but because of my surgery, I can't. I don't want to do a bike run. I don't want to do anything like that. I want to do fun things to attract people to come. My first one is going to be an 80s disco party at my daughter's studio. I'm going to get a DJ and there's going to be a cover charge and that'll be for donations. Mm. And I'm going to have alcohol. I'm having a bartender and everything. I'm going to work with the restaurant, which is Jalopies on Columbia Street. They have great food. I'm going to see if I can work with them. If they would like, you know, give me a price where if people want to go, we get discounted prices. If people want to go for pickies or something, because they're open late. And I'm just going to put like high tops around with people want to just chill at the tables, but it's only going to be my friends, like people I know and who are willing to, to donate. This is not a pity party. This is not, oh, woe is me. It's more of the fact, like I said, it's like a phoenix rising. I took my experience and I am taking it to a different level. Yes. And I want people to know my story because there are so many women out there that don't want to share their story right. or they're afraid to share it or they're embarrassed. Breast cancer is nothing to be embarrassed about. No. And they're not alone. They hear your story and it resonates with them. And it's like, yeah, that's the way I felt. But when you're in it and you're not reaching out, you do feel alone. And also, I think it's inspiring for you to tell your story. I love the mental aspect of how you went through it, because I really think that's 50% of the battle or maybe even more. I don't know. Matter And, you know, you have to be positive. You have to go in saying, I'm a warrior. I'm going to beat this. And you know what? There's a lot of women that weren't as lucky as I was. But the thing is, you have people that are going through this or have gone through it. 
that are here to support you. And it's not a foundation where it's not something that's nationwide and you got thousands and thousands and thousands of people. This is a very private organization that is willing to hear you, listen to your story, hear my story, and then I'll listen to your story. And then you say, or women who, like me, I didn't know where to turn to for a doctor. So I called NYU Hospital. I don't know if everybody would think to do something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was my route was to to go to a hospital that I really trusted. NYU, my family has always been at NYU. My mother's cancer, they were there. They were just, I mean, amazing. I walked in for my third surgery and the nurses remembered me. When I do my mission statement, I am going to mention my doc because I felt I had the best of the best. If I was able to get up and walk around after having my breast removed and never took they gave me painkillers, never took an oxy, ever. No, I'm lying. I took one because they said, Mom, the pain block is going to wear off and you're going to be in pain. I took it that night. I was like, there's no pain. The next day I got up and I was walking around. Susan, no pain. Wow. Just uncomfortable from the drains. Once the drains came out, I was fine. Wow. It, it, and that's a lot of people are afraid. I'm just lucky. God was with you, Christine. Yeah. You know what? And if something bad is coming, something great, because you're going to be helping other women. Christine, I love this whole idea that out of something bad that happened to you, because let's face it, being diagnosed with breast cancer is something bad, but you made it into such a positive thing by starting this organization to help other women. And I think it's like so generous of you and so giving that now you're putting your time and your effort and your energy not only in your own healing journey but to help other women navigate this very difficult and let's be honest it's it's tragic to be diagnosed with any kind of cancer is tragic so how is this organization going to help other women from beginning to end like, will you also be offering advice on doctors or what to do? What is it that this organization does from soup to nuts? From soup to nuts. Um, what we have established on our website is we have all links from, I am not a doctor. Um, I don't think it's my call to to tell people you have to see this doctor. What we will do is we will guide women or men who have breast cancer to in their location. So what we have right now is breast breast cancer screening. That's the first thing. A lot of people don't go for their screenings, but on our site, the National Cancer Society has locations. So if you go onto our site, you will find a link. And there will be a couple of different links where you can go to for different information that you're looking for. Um, would I recommend doctors? No, that's that's not what I would do. I would recommend um, facilities in your area. Okay. I will help you search, but I will not recommend a doctor. I can guide you on locations. That's about it. Um, then what we're really trying to do is get donations in. The donations will help women who need 
the bras, who need prosthetics, who need wigs, um, anything that a woman needs or a person needs to feel good about themselves. You're losing a part of yourself. And I remember um, when I had my surgery, I went into the hospital with my hair done, all put together because I knew I was leaving a part of myself there. And that's what happens when you have breast cancer. It's a visual. It's not just mentally, it's a visual. Every time you get undressed, you see it. Every time you wanna wear a certain outfit, you can see it. So it's not like other cancers where you don't see what went on in your body. And I'm not saying that it's worse because it's not, it's not so bad. Um, I was very lucky what I went through. It wasn't as painful as I thought physically. Mentally, on the other hand, yeah. So my my goal is to help women guide them from start to finish. They need a doctor. Uh, they need an, um, to find out where to go for a mastectomy. You go onto our link. Our link will guide you. Um, we're taking donations. And that means some people haven't used wigs, slightly used. We are upcycling. We will have them sanitized and we can hand them out to people who need them. If I can't provide the financial part, I'm hoping to help them also with the needs that I have, the means of receiving from people all the prosthesis, wigs, scarves. Um, I even got eyelashes and eyebrows. So I mean, this is where I'm heading is just to let people know you're not alone. We're here to help you. Um, we will support you as best as we could. But right now we need the donations. We need the sponsorship. We need the donations. Um, we'll be doing a lot of fundraising and we're trying to do a lot of fun fundraising. I have a couple of things in mind already. Um, my first one, I want to do an 80s disco party. It's just, it's not something that you have to, well, how do I put it? Um, it's not that I want to make fun out of it, but you know what? You do need to have some fun too. Get your mind off of it. You know, let's do a disco party. Um, my daughter came up with something great. I'm hoping we can do this. We want to do walk a mile in our shoes and we want men to participate and get high heel shoes <laughs> and have them walk a mile in our shoes, which I think is great. It'll be fun. Um, yeah, you know, it's not, it can't always be serious. Right. You know, um, I didn't sit in my room and cry. I didn't um, get depressed. Uh, I thought about it, you know, it did affect me. But like you said, I needed to turn it around. Yes. I needed to do something good out of something bad. And I feel great about it. And 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 just now the response, I put up the site today. Oh. Yeah, and I'm already getting response today. Hopefully taking off. Wow. So um so besides money, you are taking like other people's wigs that don't need them any longer or any mm -hmm. other uh, so that's great. And they'll and on your website, they'll know where to send this uh, these items to you. And yes. Well, that. they'll reach out to me. What I did was we have contact page. They will contact us. Um, either we ourselves will pick it up. I have one woman I'm waiting on her now 
I've picked up from three women so far. I have one, one woman who's mailing in all her stuff. Now today, since we launched and I put it on the breast cancer, Long Island Breast Cancer website, I'm hoping that from there, I will have people donating also. Um, we're doing actually, um, as I was saying, we're doing on October 14th and 15th, my daughters uh, will be doing Oyster Fest. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but Oyster Fest is huge festival they have on the water in Oyster Bay where we live. And there's all kinds of foods and rides and they have tents with all kinds of uh, vendors in it. And when we reached out to Oyster Fest and told them we wanted to, to participate, they gave us a spot for free since we're a nonprofit organization. So my daughters will have a table there and um, we will be handing out flyers and we're going to be doing a prize wheel so people can get our merchandise, get it out there, let people see what we're doing and who we are. And hopefully we're going to be reaching a lot of people because usually there's about 60,000 people that come to this event. Wow. So that's what we're trying to do. I'm doing it, social media. Um, we're trying to reach out to people. As I said, in this fundraiser, this is the first of our, hopefully of many of our fundraisers coming up. So uh, people can find you at beyondawareness.org for your website. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And on Facebook, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram also. As Beyond Awareness. Correct. Perfect. Okay. Any final thoughts oh, that you I'm would... sorry. A woman from the Long Island Breast Cancer Association just said, I can post it on there. So I'm going to be reaching a lot of people now. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So just got an alert. Very nice. So final thoughts. Go ahead. Um, final thoughts. A woman gets diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. What would be one thing that you would say, not medically, but from an emotional standpoint? You're not alone. You're I not alone. There are so many avenues that you can take for support. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to support physically and mentally. Because you know what? We have the means. Groups? There okay. are support groups. There are support groups out there. There's a lot. And once you start researching off our page, um, you can see where you can go. And if they if there isn't anything there, we will help them. You know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to help them, help them, guide them, um, and just you're not alone. We're not alone. We're a sisterhood. Christine, you're an inspiration. You really Thank you. are. To so I many do appreciate women. that. And you know, like I said, out of something bad comes something good. And you are like the best person in the world to <laughs> no. have had this happen to you who could turn it around. And I think that's just wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate that. The only thing is like, what gets me is there's so much research. There is, I mean, if you look, you can see breast cancer uh, websites all over the place. And it's all for donations, for research, research. Breast cancer has been around for so many years and it's still the same answer. You have to cut off your breast. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, get a mastectomy, get a double mastectomy. Yeah, there are all ways that you can rebuild your breast, but 
it's 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 like all this money is going out there for what? So that's why I said, you know what? Let them all do their walks and let everything. That's great, and it is. But for me personally, the reason why I opened this is because this is touching individuals. This is every day. This is not going to be October. This is every day. My my organization will be helping women hopefully every day. And it's not going to a found it's not going to a research project. It's going directly to the women who need it. Right. You know, that's how I yes. feel about this. Yes, exactly. I love it. I love so it. So that's yeah, that's it. I love that's it. That's me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, Susan, I can't thank you enough. I really appreciate it. Um, let's. I just want to finish, and then I'll stop recording. Mm -hmm. So, Christine, I just want to say that I wish you the best of luck with your surgery coming up. This oh, thank day. you. I know that God will be with you, and I know that you will come out of this on the other side. And I believe that it's your mental attitude that really got you through this, the way you mm -hmm. breeze through the whole thing. I mean, it. I'm sure it wasn't a walk in the park, but you're so inspiring to so many women to hear your story, you. the way you handled it. And um, I wish you the best of everything in the future. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome.